Hello and welcome to the Lagos Leaders podcast. I am Ndashka Pemwa and I'm so glad that you are back on the podcast. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen into the podcast. And today I am with my mother in the faith and I'm so excited because I'm with Pastor Gladys Paswani and we are going to have a conversation around a few things that I believe is going to be enriching to me and to you. So please, invite a friend already, make sure that they are tuned in and listening to this podcast episode as it has so much value to it. I can tell you that for sure. Mom, thank you so much for uh, sitting with me and spending your time with me and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am excited to be here. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to learn and grow as well. Wow, thank you. Um, 10 years of mentorship. Mm-hmm. I think that's a milestone to, to, to start from. 10 years of mentorship, it has been amazing watching set apart from the outside and just seeing how much impact it has had. But I'm also curious to, to just hear a little bit about the foundation, you know, the genesis of, of how, did, how did this 10 years come about? What was really the foundation? How did the, the, the early start of it look like mm. for you? Okay. Well, that's interesting here because I think when I think about how we started... Um, I often, I often wish I had had a, not, a notification <laughs> that we're about to start a mentorship program. Yeah. Um, I think I would have been more intentional about, um, you know, being setting the foundations for a, a strong program. But mm-hmm. having said that, I do think also that even the things that catch us by surprise never catch God by surprise. So for me, mentorship was a surprise because I thought... I was just having a conversation with one girl Mm -hmm. um, and we were just processing life together. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into uh, personal development. It turned into healing, wholeness, Mm -hmm. achievements. um, And then the program grew. Um, But like I said, God is a very responsible father because I think that the whole journey has been a continuous strengthening of Mm -hmm. foundations which allow for mentorship to live even beyond... um, my time as well. Wow. And, and attached to that as well is, what is amazing for me to, to watch is, I think I can put this in three separate groups. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there, there's one group in terms of the mentees close to you that you started with. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also now a second generation and yes. I believe a third generation. Yeah. But what's fascinating for me to watch is how that you are relevant to all these groups. Mm. And, and they are also different in terms of age. Yes. That is very fascinating for me when I watch that. And mm. what, I, what I'm curious to find out is how have you stayed relevant to these separate groups mm. and, and demographics because they when, when when they all listen to you they are intrigued they are mm. they are interested they want to learn mm. and they do believe that they can learn and so how have you managed to stay relevant for this long and to these separate groups mm. i think beyond just me um as gladys paswani mentorship in itself is so relevant because it's um it's an ongoing journey mm. like the journey continues as long as the mentor is alive, mm-hmm. um, there's always going to be learning to do. In fact, even beyond the men- mentor's um, legacy, right? Um, there's ongoing learning that takes place. And I think it's really been about the fact that um, no matter how distant I, I, distant I have been to people, 
every opportunity that I have to continue teaching through my life, um, I have taken up. Uh, so some of the mentees have been able to see me from a distance, but also continue to learn, um, you know, because wherever I'm standing, whether it's um, across the table from someone or on a virtual platform or on a podium, I am really speaking um, the faithfulness of God in my life. Um, I think another thing that I can attribute to this as well is I think that when you do start off with a core group of people, I mean, my mm. the mentees that, um, as you say, that were close to me were not very many. Um, but I think our time together in the early days of mentorship really gave us an opportunity to really grow intimately. Um, you know, like I just think about how the Lord Jesus Christ calls these early disciples, the fishermen mm. and these brothers to follow him and then they go to where he lives, they do life with him. Mm. Um, so they are really getting an impartation um, that is so strong mm. that by the time these apostles are doing ministry across the world, what they're actually, what they've actually, what they're actually giving is what they received mm. from the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's like an ongoing impartation. Um, the apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. It's certainly not to say that I am the standard or that people should model their lives around me. But I think every mentor is so unique in that as long as we are all following Christ, um, every mentor is then giving um, the essence of their purpose yeah. to the mentees. Um, so, so, so third generation is saying to second generation, wow, you sound so much like Mam Paswani. I've heard mm -hmm. Mam Paswani say this. Yeah. You know Why? Because we continue to eat off the same mm -hmm. bread of life. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's the same message. Um, the same level of ministry, quality of ministry mm -hmm. being given by different people but coming from a single source. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is so rich. That is so rich. Uh, some, someone asked me this question, and I think I should ask this question because I've also watched, I've watched from close by mm -hmm. um, you do this. Somebody asked me a question to say, how do you lead while bleeding? Mm. And how do you lead bleeding people? Wow. And I, I and I, I had a pause for a moment when I saw that question, yeah. and and from what I've really watched you be able to do, um, I don't know what you can speak into that. Yeah. How, how do you lead while bleeding, and how do you lead bleeding yeah. people? Okay, um, it's interesting. Actually, I hadn't thought of it. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. But I think it's really, if we think about the work of leadership, mm. it's not always that we are running. I think we are always demonstrating leadership in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. So I think that if we can still press on with a limp, we are still demonstrating what leadership looks like with a limp. Even if I was on the ground, mm -hmm. unable, motionless, mm -hmm. um, I was still demonstrating what leadership looks like when you're motionless. Mm -hmm. So I think the work of leadership continues in all seasons. Because remember that also when you're leading people, these people also have seasons. Mm -hmm. So you're equipping them for every season of their lives. I mean, one of the things I want, always wanted to remain true to was just to always show people what behind the scenes look like. And that's mm -hmm. why I, t I open up my life to the extent that I do, because I don't want people to think that leadership is about... Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, having it all figured out, stepping up like a superstar. Mm -hmm. You know, we are not celebrities. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a makeup room and, 
uh, you know, all those things, we are celebrated because of who it is that we are, whose power we are demonstrated, you know, being a, the light of Christ to the world. So mm -hmm. can that light shine while I'm bleeding? Yes, it can. Can it shine while I'm bandaging myself? Yes, it, it, it can shine because the people I'm leading are going to bleed at one point. They are going mm -hmm. to need to bandage themselves at one point. And they still need to know how to do that. So mm -hmm. it's an authentic walk that really shows people what it looks like to keep going. Even if the work is to rest, yeah. people still need to know that. And in terms of leading, bleeding people, I think that it's... Um, um, it, it, the essence really of the work that I do is in healing and wholeness. Mm -hmm. So I often think that I am... I begin the work of, I do the work of um, treating broken people mm -hmm. and then they go out and find themselves. I think that's really um, where the core of my work is. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I actually find it easier to work with people who yeah. acknowledge that they are bleeding. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a call to healing. And then I always find that when people are committed to that process of healing, mm -hmm. it then allows them to function better. Mm -hmm. So if I look at what, if I think about my mentorship success, and as far as mentees who I believe really rose from ashes, so to speak, whether it was, um, um, you know, a crisis that they were in, their background, their situations, and whether we're talking about mentees who have then gone to carry big titles in the world, or just somebody who's, who, whose name no one knows, but they just rose up. When I think about all those people, I know that um, when we began with the healing work, they themselves were then able to see what they're able to yeah. do, the strength that they have, their abilities. It's like, it's like um, not being able to work because you're sick in your body, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not that you can't do the work, but it's just that you're not in a state that allows you to do the work. So if people can heal, then we'll see their full potential. Wow. And, and there's something that just came to my mind that I, I hadn't even thought about um, earlier. As you were saying that, it's, it's something that I, I, I've heard from you before. And it's the aspect of being able to, to understand that as, as a leader or as a mentor, mm -hmm. I, if I am a doctor, yeah. it's, the, it's the sick that need a doctor. Right. And I need to be okay with people not maybe being as much as my inbox as they previously were mm. because of the state where they are now at. Right. They, they've attained a certain level of, of wholeness or healing. Yes. That really does, does not uh, make it necessary for me to, for them to be uh, in my inbox as often as they previously yeah. were. Yeah. And I need to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can just speak a little bit more into how do I become comfortable with the fact that when I mentor people, when I lead people, I'm not doing it for them to be dependent on me. Right. And it's okay if in certain levels of their lives, mm -hmm. they, are, they, are, they become, and I'll say this loosely, independent right. to, to an extent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, if you think about mentorship itself is an empowering journey. Mm -hmm. um, even if you are reconciling someone back to Christ um, through salvation in a church setting, whatever it is, it is an empowering journey. So you ultimately want to see people mm -hmm. being empowered. You want people to do better um, because that's what um, it means, you know, to, to work mm -hmm. with people, to see yeah. them, you know, being empowered. And I think once, once that settles within you, if you're able to know that your mandate or your deliverables are really mm -hmm. on 
Have you empowered people to be able to stand on their own, to begin to trust God more, to begin to petition God on their own and become less dependent? It, it also, for, I think as a mentor, um, it, it's like a measurement of success. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're, doing, if you're trying to say measure your success, um, I think one key indicator would be how many people have now become independent. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, one of the things I measure is like visionary leaders. Yeah. I knew starting um, the work of mentorship that I wanted to raise people who would be greater than me. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a principle as well in that, look, if I am mentoring, if I'm 40 and I'm mentoring someone who's 20, mm. remember that what I am teaching this person is I'm not teaching them what, what I knew when I was 20, I'm teaching them what I know now wow. at 40. So this 20-year-old has access to the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding um, with a 20-year advantage. Mm. So what it simply means is by the time that they are my age, they should surely be doing something more. Um, so I wanted just to put it down there that it is actually the mandate for us to raise people who do better than us. Um, it's important for people to excel in what they're doing. So I think now when you look at it as a mentor, your ability to accept mm -hmm. that, as you say, really is an aspect of wholeness. I think it's about not feeling threatened mm -hmm. by um, the success of others. Mm -hmm. And you won't feel threatened if you are settled in who you are. Um, in fact, one of the things I have loved about raising visionary leaders, and I mean, um, I see what a lot of my mentees, are, even those who were previously my mentees, what they are doing now mm -hmm. so early. And I think about when I was their age, mm -hmm. I wasn't doing, you know, they're doing things at the level that I'm doing things right now. Mm -hmm. um, and what that does, it just promotes me mm -hmm. because it makes me a mentor of visionary leaders, a mentor wow. of um, corporate leaders, mm -hmm. you know. Um, the youngest magistrate, mentoring mm -hmm. the youngest magistrate, people who are doing great. So what, what that does is that if they are taking care of the work of influencing and impacting mm -hmm. life, I can now go to my next level, which is preserving them as preservers mm -hmm. of other people. Mm -hmm. That's a promotion, right? Yes. Um, so I think it's just really about how do we frame our mind around mm -hmm. these aspects. It is also as a, an issue of wholeness as well. Um, and I think it's also in, uh, just been very clear about what your, your, your mandate is mm. in the work. So um, if I know that what God has called me to do is to preserve these lives mm. um, and not to develop uh, friendships or, mm. to have people, or to have fans, yeah. you know, um, it also frames my expectations as well. Yeah, and you know, I think serving God in mentorship over a period of time, you get to have a lot of reassurance from God. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, because there's going to be times when you you pour in yourself to people who can disappoint you at some point, mm -hmm. um, or really just walk away in the middle of a process. Wow. So there's a lot of injury, I think, in the work of mentorship. But one of the things I can assure you is that God takes care of his servants. Mm. Um, so, so somewhere along the ten, a 10 year journey, you will be so assured that God is, is going to reassure you as a mentor. He's gonna bring healing to you, but he will also give you a fulfillment mm. that now can never compare to any affirmation or celebration or the applause that come from other people. Mm -hmm. So it's work that happens along the way, but in the end, we, wow. we are all good. Wow. <laughs> it works out well in the end. <laughs>
So the, the emphasis on, is on, on wholeness, even yeah. on, the, on the part of the leader, on the part of the mentor, just to be, to be whole enough mm. and confident enough uh, in who I am, yeah. in, in my identity in the Lord, and to be okay, not to be threatened with the achievement of those that I lead and, and, mm. and mentor. And I think it's really, again, a true test to, because I think we, we do have an understanding that as a leader, I'm there to, to help others move forward. Mm. But the true test really comes when they actually are moving forward. Right. Yes, when, when they actually are going ahead of me. And if I'm able to, to see that and still celebrate it, and I yeah. think is where you mentioned wholeness becomes yeah. critical for, for me as a leader mm -hmm. to see that and yeah. to celebrate it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the last things, that, uh, the last thing I would, I would love to, to ask you, uh, saving as a visionary of Set Apart, Set Apart um, International, mm -hmm. lead pastor at Anointed Life Ministries International. Um, I'm becoming more and more interested in rest and recovery. Right. Uh, because I believe that when Jesus says that Sabbath was meant for man and not man for the Sabbath, mm -hmm. he's actually in essence saying that rest was meant to be part of the normal equation of someone's yeah. uh, ability to function yes. at their optimum. I'm curious to find out your thoughts on, on rest and recovery and anything that you can share um, yeah. into that. And also, let me make this a two-part question. Um, so there's an aspect of rest and recovery, but also the aspect of being able to work the grace. As mm -hmm. Paul says, do not receive the grace of God in vain. Yeah. So being able to work the grace, and, but also being able to tell that I am working grace at this point, yeah. and at this point, I think I am under pressure to perform mm. and not mm. and not work in the grace. How yeah. do I separate those two? Wow. So rest and recovery, yeah. work the grace versus producing under under pressure to perform. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I think those are really important questions to to ask. Rest and recovery. I mean, recovery first of all being about the aspect of dealing with injuries mm. um, or the effects of what you have been through. Okay, now remember what you've been through is has nothing to do with it's not just about what you chose to do and experience but it's it's the conditions with which we exist in this world mm -hmm. is that we're going to be exposed right in this world you'll face tribulations john 16 33 but um i've overcome the world so they every person needs to come to a place of recovery um and and we think a lot about how jesus christ took time to retreat mm -hmm. you know himself and he was allowing um you know his savior to attend to him mm -hmm. i mean his heavenly father sorry to attend to him um at at, at at that time so recovery is important uh because if you don't if you're not intentional about recovery it simply means that every time every place where you were wounded you just walked away bleeding and you've been bleeding on yourself mm -hmm. bleeding on other people <laughs> if you if you broke your leg you've now developed a limp you know mm -hmm. and many times people are reframed by the things they never recovered from mm -hmm. um, it, it, they carry an identity based on what they never recovered from so is it, it, the, the person who we say you know is just very distant um, were they born distant? Was that God's intention for them? Mm -hmm. Or did they not recover from something that then made them distant, yeah. right? And there are so many things that we pick up where people self-sabotage 
simply because they have not recovered. Mm. I think the aspect of rest is also, I mean, like we can't really separate the two because rest and recovery are like a full package. Mm. Uh, but I wanted just to put a greater emphasis on making sure that, you know, it is a, it's a full, we, like we have a full understanding of what it truly means mm -hmm. uh, to rest and recover. I think rest really um, carries a number of levels to it. I think there is, or layers rather, I think that there is physical rest where sometimes mm. We push ourselves so hard and we don't give our bodies a chance to recover. I mean, we are supposed to rest our bodies. These mm. bodies are, um, you know, like they are the work suit that we use to do life here on, on earth, mm. you know, our legal entity here. So um, our bodies must um, find that time, must, must find, must be given time to rest. Um, and, and the amazing thing also is when you go through recovery, you'll actually find... Mm. Um, yourself resting better because you know sometimes people will say oh I think I'm going to go and sleep this off mm -hmm. and you toss and turn toss and turn <laughs> and it's simply because you haven't dealt with the recovery aspect you just mm -hmm. went to sleep but you're doing nothing about the situation that um, you know you're in um, so 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 you you make sure that yes in, in as much as I'm sleeping but I'm also doing the recovery part um, of it I think rest also speaks about um, you know, being able to pause along the way. Mm -hmm. um, somebody gave, said, gave me a really good example of it today, was saying like if you're on a highway mm -hmm. and you stop at a lay-by, your pit stops are an opportunity for you to just refresh yourself and reposition yourself to move on, you know, mm -hmm. to the next stage, to the next level um, type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, then another layer of rest is also the things that you're able to surrender to God. Okay, so um, how many issues are you still wrestling with um, instead of surrendering them to God, mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot of things I think that we, we tend to carry, um, but God has is, is, is made an invitation to us, Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. You know, he, he, off, he says that, you know, his burden is light, uh, his yoke is easy, yeah. his burden is light, you know, and he's offering us, you know, um, a lighter um, um, yeah, I think a lighter weight to the weight that we carry um, mm. on our own. And so I think it's also just about being able to surrender issues to God and knowing that while God is attending to those issues and trusting that God actually can attend to those issues. Mm. So um, again, you know, like it's so much to say on rest and recovery, yeah. so much to say. And I think that you have to start, you have to, I think you have to, be you have to be open to it to begin walking the journey and to discover how important it is to find that rest and recovery wow. right um second part of your question i think when we talk about the grace mm -hmm. of god i think the grace of god is actually seen in those times when we need the rest and recovery i mean there are many times when you realize that okay this could not have been me mm -hmm. um, um before we went on to this podcast i was telling you about um you know, my current work schedule and how after just a few hours of sleep, I had to take on an, an assignment. And certainly at the end of that day, I knew that it was nothing than the sustaining grace of God. Because yeah. remember, the grace of God always uh, supersedes our, our work. Mm -hmm. So the, his grace is sufficient for us. It's greater than whatever it is that we are working on. And so I think that what the way that you do allow the grace of God to work is, yes, by saying, this is where I am at now, um, whether it is that I'm struggling with something 
I need mm. to get some recovery in a particular area and then not quit mm. on life. That's where God's grace works because if you don't quit, God will still give you um, some work to do at a, in a, in a certain, at a certain level in that state, mm -hmm. you know, while you are going through your rest and recovery. Um, so God's grace is always there to work for us in our inadequacies, in our limitations, mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, and the like, yeah. Wow. Wow. Is, is there any, 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 any final word? <laughs> because I, I know there's so much that uh, we could get into, mm -hmm. um, but for somebody listening, maybe as young as me or younger or older, mm -hmm. what would be your final word uh, to them, especially in regards to, to leadership? Mm -hmm. With regards to leadership. Um, so uh, leadership is work. Mm. Um, and it's work that's available to anyone. Um, I think leadership is about influencing, it's about motivating change, um, and, and it's something that anybody can take up. And I think that we, we do get to a place where at some point in our lives where some value is demanded of us, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it's, it's the reason a lot of people are unfulfilled, unsatisfied, because they know that they are supposed to be giving something more. Mm. Um, I think that value is the work that God has graced us to do for each and every one of us to take a part of, right? Mm. Um, so having said that, I do want to say that um, it's important that if you're going to be effective in the work that you do, that you allow, um, you know, processes to begin, unfold, um, and be completed in your life. And that way you'll be able to see who you can become, mm. you know, having experienced life, having gone through so much, you know, there is still so much that you can become. And in order for that to happen, for your value to be exposed, you must submit to the processes that refine you um, or that expose your value. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Uh, I know I'm going to want to listen back to this and take notes and, and learn more, but otherwise I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you.